Support comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting Jelly's Last Jam. Follow Jelly Roll Morton, the self-proclaimed inventor of jazz, in this ambitious musical masterpiece that's sure to blow the roof off the theater. Performances begin May 29th. Tickets at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. You want to put up posters of yourself, just you, around the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Nobody's ever done it. Why not start now? From LAS Studios, this is Off Ramp. I'm John Raby, and welcome to the possibly tens of thousands of you who Googled Angeline trying to find out something about the real woman who's portrayed in the Peacock series. You've come to the right place, because back in 2015, I was at a comic book store. My friend Chris Nichols came up to me and said, hey, Angeline's outside, and she'll drive you around West Hollywood if you want. I said, of course. So here's that piece from 2015 with the real Angeline. Uh, the show's called Off Ramp, so I'm going to say, Angeline, welcome to Off Ramp. Angeline, welcome to Off Ramp. Oh, hi. What's happening right now is that uh, fans of Angeline are posing with her at the back of her Corvette. Angeline has her very good legs and very short dress uh, provocatively posed with a fan, very demurely. This is a scene that happens. How many, how many, do you probably take a hundred photos a night, you think? That's pretty good. Oh, I stopped counting. I just, she says she stopped counting. What's your name? Where are you from? I'm Shauna Wilson, and I'm from Thousand Oaks. You were walking down the sidewalk, you saw Angeline, and you thought... I'm like, I came across the street. Seen the Corvette, we're like, okay, well, that's Angeline. We have to go see. Why? Um, she's really uh, an icon. Oh, I know, I know, I know. She really is. Um, Do you think we, I'm a unicorn? A unicorn? People think I'm a unicorn. No, you're an icon. Oh, an icon. I got that confused. I'm yeah. a unicorn. Let me finish with her. I love, okay. love, love Chris. He's adorable. We all love Chris. He's a cartoon. <laughs> Chris Nichols, she said that you're a cartoon. <laughs> That's the greatest compliment she ever gave me. How long have you known Angeline? Oh, I've certainly known of her my whole life, but we met, um, gosh, I guess through the magazine, Los Angeles Magazine, and she came to my exhibition on bowling alley architecture, did some funny things with bowling balls, and we've had some discussions about her uh, metaphysical beliefs, and, um, and she came to our uh, LA Magazine 80s party, and it was the hit of the evening. Angeline does not apparently pay attention to what anybody says about her. I'm sure she's aware of everything. She's she's everywhere all the time. She's a, you know, spirit being. Yeah, no, it doesn't have any effect on her in a negative way, certainly. And why should it? It's her business. Oh, of course. And she's working her business over there. There's a lot of stuff out there that aims a lot higher and falls a lot farther. <laughs> The Corvette is brand new off the showroom floor, and she takes the whole thing apart and has a custom blend of paint mixed up for it, wow. and has it completely remade in her in her fashion. In her image, we're talking about your Corvette, which is brand new, right? Yeah, 2015. Yeah, it's really fast. It shakes itself fast. It really does. Do you want to ride? And not her shoes. See you guys later. If we ever come back, ride. Wow. This is something I have never imagined whatever happened in my life. Angeline is putting on driving gloves right now. They are a, a dark pink or possibly a purple. They're suede. Suede. Oh, very suede. Yeah, they're, they're dirty. No, they're, they're great. This is a 2015 Corvette. We're pulling into traffic on Sunset Boulevard. Why a pink Corvette? Mm, should I say why not? Or whatever. It's the highest whatever. vibrating color um, in the spectrum of colors. Uh, it gets attention. It's full of love. Oh, and it corners great. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. was visceral, and that was slow. Yeah. 
You know, I moved to Los Angeles in 2000. I started hearing about you immediately. Oh, and sweet. it's been almost a decade and a half now until I met you. Wow, you know, I'm good luck. I do music, I do art, I do writing, I took ballet, I can do the splits. That's why I can get out of this car so easily. You are not going to be able to get out of this car easily. People complain. No, I'm 6'5". You're, and you're, you're much tinier than I thought you'd be. I am not. You're just because you're tall. Okay. I'm not tiny. I can be really large. Oh. Or I can be really tiny. Okay, we are going to the French markets. All right. I have to go to the powder room. What do you think of that? That's, That's fine. I kidnapped you over here. Have do I have to go into the powder room? I think I'd like you to meet my fish in here. Okay. I have a really cute fish. His name is Lightning, and he comes when I call him. You can't get out of the car? Well, I'm just trying to figure it out. Push yes. and push. There you ah, go. Ah, perfect. Why do I ask you a question? Um, he, he's recording for a I'm with KPCC so Public Radio. Nasty. Oh, no, no. Okay. I just wanted to find out um, what you have you ever kept your other Corvettes? I kept the other one. You, the, the one that I you've have, had? Yeah, I, all the I way kept back? the last one because it didn't want to go away. Bonded with me. We're sitting uh, at, the, at the koi me. pond. At the koi pond, yes. Here comes a fish. His name is Lightning. Come here, baby. Oh, he knows you. He loves you. Look, isn't he sweet? If I go and to he lets other... you pet him. Yeah, look, he kisses my finger. Sometimes he sleeps, and I try to tiptoe past this giant pond not to wake him up, and he wakes up anyway. Like, he knows. See, oh, nice. Look. I wish you had a picture of me so cute. No, this is for you. I'm going to see. What's your sign? I'm an Aries. Oh. A cherished project will take a detour, adjust immediately, and acquire the skills necessary to roll with this change. Well, we rolled with meeting you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cute. What's your name? What's your claim to fame? My name is Peggy McKay. I'm on Days of Our Lives as an actress. Like sands through the hourglass. So are the days that, of our that's lives. That's correct. The show is coming up on its 50th anniversary Wow. next year. So can you uh, explain the allure of Angeline? I can't explain it, but I recognize it. <laughs> I think it's an amazing legend yeah. that she has created and continues to uh, nourish it. And it flourishes, and I thought I saw her tonight, but I wasn't sure. She, she, she's just as lively as ever. And I, yes, dear, thank you so much. I think. Would you call her a force of nature? Yes, I would. Oh, you, thank you for that. Yes. You've created a legend, and she continues to fill it and go on. I think it's an, an, an astonishing. Oh, me too. It's a lot of hard work. <laughs> yes, it is. And I congratulate her on being Angeline. Your, um, Angeline, your trunk is a mess. So, T-shirts, photos, your fans, stuff all over the place. What happened here? It's like a tornado went through. You saw them. They were shuffling through all my pictures and T-shirts. But they bought a bunch of stuff. <laughs> it was worth it. How many T-shirts do you think you sell a night? I don't know, because there's paintings and there's keychains and all kinds of cute stuff. And the money goes into this, a bag that's shaped like a it's chicken. It's fan club donation chicken bag. You know, I use it to help artists and things like that as well. Yeah, and then I can support artists that can't afford it, you know? Well, Don't should we head back? Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. Did you get my door? Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I forgot to get your door. Of course. Awesome. No, I wasn't paying attention. Not yet. I have people coming up to me We're crying. I'm sorry, go ahead. Huh. We're leaving the French market now. We're back in the, <laughs> in the, in the, pink, in the pink Corvette. We're leaving the French market, heading back 
towards Sunset Boulevard. Angeline was stopped a dozen times for photos and t-shirts and things. A, a woman came up and said that uh, you were at her New Year's party. People come up to me and I sign an autograph and it just leaves my brain. So uh, why do you, you pose, when you pose for a photograph, you pose behind a demure uh, Japanese fan with the, the name Angeline on it. Why do you pose with a fan? Because I charge 300 without it and 10000 when I do a shoot without a fan. Without a fan. That makes sense? It makes sense, but explain it for me. Why do you okay, do it that way? I'll explain it to you. Okay, because I feel that I have a very unusual look. The little girls call me Barbie. A lot of uh, crazy guys call me porn star, which I love, by the way. I love people saying that because I don't have to do porn. I have the intensity of that look. Mm. But for kids to say I'm Barbie, which is innocent, is awesome as well. And everything in between. So, my point is, I don't want people... I don't want to blow my wad. Do you know what that means? Yeah. So that's why I hide behind the fan, because I want to dole it out slowly. I feel like I'm intense and like uncut heroin, and I have to dole it out slowly, because I feel I'm different than most people. I'm not an actress, although I can act. I'm not a singer, although I can sing. But you know, I'm not hiding behind a talent. I'm putting myself out there. I'm out there for me and my persona, my pink. So that's why I do it, so I can charge the kind of money I need to help people and to stay Angeline without selling out to corporations. Mm, I've never, right. you know, I've never lent my name to any product. That's because my fans support me. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It makes money too. <laughs> yeah. How do you? How do you? How are you making money to to, to get along? Well, people call me for stuff all the time. Yeah. Fans buy things. I sell my art. And I still have enough to do charitable work for artists that I believe need it. That's how I do it. And fortunately, somehow, magically, automagically, it happens for me. Are you happy? I'm ecstatic! Because I make people happy. Did you see how happy I made all those people? Yep. That's what they tell me. That makes me happy. Yep. Are you happy? You're I'm adorable. happy. Thank you. What would make you happy if you could have anything you wanted? Oh, I'm already happy. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I, have, I have a job where I get to walk around and ask people questions uh, about their life. But I do have a quest. Uh-huh. I think I told you I'm questing for a pink, pain-free existence, whether it's pure energy or wherever it is. I'm looking for it. I'm going to find it. Gods and fairies. Haven't you found it here? No, because there's too much... I don't want to pretend and say everything's great. I mean, just because I'm happy, look at the killing and blah, blah, blah all over the world. Yeah. Don't you agree with me? I yeah, mean, but I don't, I don't want to yeah. count on that. I want to have fun now. I want to exist uh, happily now. Okay. So that's that me. You can, you can you search for your own pink. I think I like Angeline that. is a very good parallel Parker, by the way, everybody. And that is an accomplishment for one lifetime. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Angeline, this has been a real pleasure. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you. Let me give you a kiss. Thank you. This was a blast. For Off Ramp, I'm John Raby in Angeline's Pink Corvette. And that's my ride with the real Angeline from 2015. Coming up, I'm going to talk about the Peacock series with associate editor of LAist, Mike Rowe. They even made her an executive producer of this new show, gave her a million dollars uh, but she worked on it briefly and then left because she was too upset. This is Off Ramp. I'll be right back. 
Support for LAist comes from Pasadena Playhouse, presenting Jelly's Last Jam. When Jelly Roll Morton's soul is forced to face the music, the self-proclaimed inventor of jazz is left at the ultimate crossroads. This lively musical follows the journey from the back alleys of New Orleans to the sparkling stages of New York, featuring a sizzling bandstand, electrifying tap dancing, and soulful tunes. On stage for four weeks only, Jelly's Last Jam. Performances begin May 29th. Tickets available now at PasadenaPlayhouse.org. Hey everybody! Welcome back to Off Ramp. Uh, it was it was great listening back to the night I spent with Angeline tooling around West Hollywood in that in that pink Corvette. It was just awesome. Joining me now is associate editor for Elliot, Mike Rowe. Hey, Mike. Hey, John. Jealous much? Uh, definitely a little jealous. I find it interesting. In Los Angeles, there are people who just think Angeline's it's just stupid. The whole thing is just dumb. Uh, and why do we care about this person who's famous just for being famous? Uh, but the way I look at it is, she hasn't hurt anybody. She's more a Mae West than she is like a, a porn star. She uh, is a, a genuine person. You may say she's weird. She may even agree with that. But she's a, she's this real this this real person doing a a real thing that it just happens to be not in the ordinary. And then there's a whole bunch of people who just dig her. Exactly. You know, I when I first heard about Angeline, you know, I moved to L.A. Uh, I you know knew about uh, Angeline, the woman that was on all the billboards and uh, this icon of the '80s. And you know, I talked with a lot of my female friends though, who were sort of inspired by her. And I think that that sort of changed the way that I perceived her and that I thought about her. And uh, you know, I had a friend who got to do a ride along with her, and I heard stories from that. So I. Uh, you know, new people who really sort of uh, uh, had sort of a similar perspective, especially like young actresses who wanted to be big. They they were like, oh, Angeline, you know, really did it for herself. The female friends that changed your mind, how what did they say to you? You know, I think that it was uh, seeing that she was such an icon and inspiration. Uh, I had friends who would talk about, yeah, Angeline, she's the best. She is uh, you know, I would love to be Angeline. I would love to be friends with Angeline. Uh, hearing that from people, uh, I, I think, really changed the way that I thought about her. People who are just very excited. I had a friend of mine who is a, a young comedian, and she, uh, you know, did her own sort of uh, tribute homage to Angeline, where she did a photo shoot with herself on the on a pink Cadillac and, uh, you know, was doing sort of like trying to follow that same mindset and that same um, you know, model to uh, be like, you know, this is the fun thing. This is like what LA is all about. Also amazing that she managed to keep her true backstory secret for so many years. It is. It's, you know, that's one thing that this new show that they're doing on Peacock uh, about Angeline it is based on this Hollywood Reporter article that uh, finally sort of revealed Angeline's actual background. You know, Angeline over the years has created this image for herself, which I think is what's so fascinating about her is that she's, you know, made a new persona. She has uh, made this life that she presents, but there is actually a real person behind that. And, uh, you know, there's this new show on Peacock that sort of traces that evolution that is uh, really fascinating. And Mike, it really is a fascinating and poignant backstory. It's true. You know, she is actually a young Jewish woman. She had a uh, family that escaped the Holocaust that, uh, you know, came to the U.S. immigrants and 
she had this traumatic, uh, terrible home life as well. Um, you know, it was a life sort of made by this tragedy and shaped by that, you know, uh, it's such a huge thing that a lot of people never recover from something like that. And in ways she never did, you know, she uh, was always sort of escaping that past and creating this new image for herself. But at the same time, she made an image and made a life that she found a lot of joy in, that she found power in. And I think that's something that's really uh, amazing and admirable. There have been so many amazing remarkable, like awesome success stories from people who are survivors of the Holocaust. And you're like, wow, how did they do it? And to me, it almost kind of sets up uh, kind of a situation where if you come out of the Holocaust and you don't become whatever, Eli Wiesel, or you don't just transcend it, you don't just go on to do a life of great works, then somehow that's bad on you. And my feeling is kind of like it was the Holocaust. It could f- you up. Uh, and that's that's understandable if you don't become a humanitarian, you know, honored around the world. We don't have to put it on the victims. Like, right. you know, it is, uh, I think that's been something that our society has really realized in recent years is how much we expect victims to be perfect people and expect them to, uh, you know, fit our own image of, of, you know, this honorable person. I think that finding a great life for yourself is a perfect response to that. Uh, you know, it's something where, uh, you know, Angeline uh, managed to deal with trauma and actually brought a lot of joy into people's lives. Were you able to snag an interview? Was not able to talk to the wonderful Angeline. Uh, I that's know why, that's, that's why I'm, t- that's why we're exactly, here. With, that's why you you're talking to me. me. I'm, you would rather, much rather be listening to Angeline. Uh, you know, I, no. I, I may be giving you a slightly more fact-based, uh, description of her history than Angeline would have. It's, re- it's uh, remarkably but, more easy to do an interview with you than it is to do an interview <laughs> with Angeline. I mean, that's one thing that's interesting in that new, uh, show about her life is, uh, it's framed with these uh, sort of confessionals and interviews with people in her life and herself and, uh, you know, constantly cuts from uh, interviews with people who knew the real Angeline to uh, Angeline saying like, oh, well, I guess that's true or eh, that's kind of true. And, uh, you know, she definitely the, the show plays with her sort of loose connection with uh, facts with uh, with her history and, you know, uses fuzzy dates and. Uh, I, I think that it's really interesting that she, uh, you know, is still wanting so much control over her life. You know, they they even made her an executive producer of this new show, gave her a million dollars, but she worked on it briefly and then left because she was too upset about, uh, you know, the prosthetics that the actress was wearing, about them not listening to her ideas. Uh, so, you know, it's it's she still has a very specific idea of her image all these years in <laughs> that that part is remarkable but there what was her complaint about them uh she was saying that uh actress emmy rossum who was in shameless mystic river phantom of the opera she plays angeline she it's a really a transformation uh she really does look quite like her with a lot of prosthetics right. uh and you know she saw her on set you know i'm curious also she also plays an older Angeline in those interview segments. So I could see that being uh, not the image that Angeline wants as well. Uh, but, you know, she just said that, like, you know, she thought that Emmy Rossum was uh, not the right look. She said she was too tall, uh, said that the prosthetics were just crazy. Um, she also 
uh, was saying how, like, it made her really upset. Angelina, apparently she blocked Emmy Rossum on Instagram uh, after the initial uh, run working on the show and before unblocking her later. But, uh, but it seems like it's, it's not necessarily her favorite thing. You and I have never been blocked by Angelina on Instagram. Thankfully, not yet. Um, is this, so the portrayal thing, is this a Jerry West or Olivia de Havilland kind of situation, or is this just maybe more like an Angeline situation? She's, <laughs> I think is she going way, to federal court? You know, she has soothed folks in the past. Like, there was another film that used one of her billboards, and she can be litigious. So, yeah. uh, you know, in this case, I think that, you know, she, she took the million dollars from NBC and was happy to have that. So I don't think that she'll be going to court over it but she definitely has spoken out about her problems with the show and you know i think that it is a thing we're seeing more and more of with shows like winning time with shows that take artistic license which this show definitely does uh you know they change most of the names in the series other than angeline's uh and you know you can see that they are uh you know wanting to create something that's there it's artistic in itself and not just necessarily angeline's own vision of herself not uh, any other vision other than uh, something inspired by that Hollywood Reporter article in mixing facts with entertainment. But, the, of course, the ironic thing, uh, if irony is the right word, Angeline became super famous, and now she is a public figure, and people get to talk about her because she's a public figure. You know, a lot of folks have talked about how Angeline was like the proto-Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian and famous for being famous in a way. Uh, but, you know, watching the series about her and reading more about her life, I kind of think she was the anti-version of that because she has never let people in. She's always been somebody who's protected this image. She's not someone who's showing you every single detail about her life in the way that some of those other stars did. Like you said, she's more of an old school uh, Mae West, old school actress type that, uh, you know, still has a privacy around who she really is. I also think people would be surprised by how hard Angeline works. And like you can definitely tell that. Personally works. Like, you can tell that she really does work hard. You know, she, uh, you know, maintains that image. I think you see that in the series as well, is you sort of see the fact that, uh, you know, she was very determined to become a star. She created this image for herself. Uh, you know, she developed relationships. She... Uh, went out and she was always driving this car around LA trying to get noticed. She was out there, you know, putting this image out. And, you know, before we had TikTok or uh, other social media, she was using billboards. It's basically the uh, social media of the 80s where you could actually share a message in a wide way with a lot of different people. Uh, my brother is a, is a radio DJ uh, in Rochester, Minnesota. And for a while he had a giant billboard. And I was a radio personality in the Twin Cities at Minnesota Public Radio, and I never got a billboard. That's a, that's a heartbreaker. Uh, if only if only you could be the Angeline of Minnesota. <laughs> Less exposed skin, though. <laughs> Mike, you've lived here for a long time. Uh, you have liked Angeline for a long time. Did even you learn something about Angeline that you didn't know? I learned a lot about Angeline, about her past and... Um, you know, I think that it also really helped me to understand what people find inspiring and what people connect with about her as well. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. And that's our show for today. A big thanks to Mike Rowe, associate editor at Elliest. Thanks also to Angeline for driving me around West Hollywood and giving me a peek into her real life. Thanks to Fesley and Studios for our theme music. 
And thanks to you for listening to this LAS Studios production. I'm John Raby. I'll catch you next week on The Off-Ramp. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.